Addio, mia bella Napoli, addio, addio, la tua soave immagine, chi mai, chi mai scordar potrò. Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 41st episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell. I'm recording this on the west coast of Scotland, as always. Uh, joining me in the shadow of Vesuvio in Naples, Napoli itself, is Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. Hey Michele, it's been a while. How are you? Hello, hello. Yes, it's been a while. Like, yeah, it's all shades right now. There is only shadows. There's no sun, no sunlight, no beams lighting us. No, it's... non c'è solo un raggio di sole. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. You're taking less, man. Yeah, I mean, I know that because of a poem by, what's his name, the Sicilian poet, Qu- Quasimodo. Is that his name? No, it's definitely Quasimodo. Yeah, the Sicilian poet. Might be, might be. Ed Subito Sera. It's a beautiful poem in Italian. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And he talks about a ray of sun. Un raggio di sole. I love yes. it. What are we doing? Anyway, yeah, so everything's shit. Um, sorry, everybody. It's like, <laughs> like it's literally... <laughs> like, this is... I think this is genuinely... Genuinely think this is the, the worst I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've... Like... I mean, how much of Napoli did you watch in Serie B, Serie G? So I remember watching a little bit before we went bankrupt. I remember like the games were very boring. I wasn't too much into football back then. My memories of that time are basically sitting on the sofa watching Napoli and my father falling asleep within 10 minutes of the game all the time. So yeah, it was it was it was great. Like every time was like nap time. I think also because back then the game was always at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Mm. So it was very easy. Like, you know, it's, it's not time, 3 p.m. on a Sunday. So, yeah, it was like, inevitably, it, will, it would always fall asleep. And yeah, that's my memory. I, yeah, it was. Was, was it as bad as this? Was no, it, it as bad? No, no, not personally. No, not for me. No, this is, this is the worst. I do remember that. Do you remember that a few months ago we said that we only record when Napoli loses? And when yeah, we should have been recording like forty different shows. We? Yeah, we should have should have been like a, in the shadow of Vesuvius, a new daily podcast <laughs> with Henry and Michele. But no, no. I mean, yeah. So I mean, we'll do all the usual stuff in a second. So what? I mean, we're going to just try to pick apart what the hell is going on with our with our club. And I'm going to be sort of bothering you for the, you know, what your what you're picking up on in the city and in Curva B, like, like we always do. Um, I mean, I've got my own perspective as a plastic, but I don't think anyone's particularly interested in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, okay, what's 41 in the Napoli Tombola? So you were, you were playing this over Christmas, right? Of course, yeah. Tombola is the traditional Christmas game in Napolitan households. So, yes, we played, I think I, uh, did I win? No, I didn't win. I think I won uh, a grand total of about like 15 euros. Hey, just I mean, that's how Tombola. much De Laurentiis is prepared to, to spend on, <laughs> on a coach. So maybe yeah, you can exactly. send, it, send it to him. Because I don't know if you know how Tombola works. I mean, I, I guess you know, but you just have to buy your uh, like cards where the numbers are. You have to buy them in a way. That's how you, you build the jackpot. And uh, yeah, so 
I mean, if it were De La Rentis, we would loan, you know, with option to buy this this these cards. But no, and you no. have to get the the image rights of the of the cards as well. Yeah, That's... so we would never play. We would just it would be like an endless negotiation to get the yeah. cards, and then Christmas. And then would you'd, be you'd over. end up with with a card that you got like like eight years ago. That's like you know faded, folded up, <laughs> moldy in the you know, sort of you've accidentally put it in the toilet. You know, there we go. What a what a glorious extended metaphor. Anyway, what is forty one? in the tombola number 41 in tombola is ogurtiel the knife the knife technife il coltello the knife i don't know where you want to put this knife right now and i kind of know where i want to put it but yes 41 is the knife knife. Ah, well there we go everybody so and you know this is the first part of the new year bon anno um Okay, we're going to talk football before we get completely depressed. Just, you know, paint us a bit of a picture. What's new? What's Capodanno? What's New Year's Eve like in Naples? I'm guessing lots of fireworks, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but it's less and less and less. So it's kind of like it's very slowly dying as a tradition. I, In my opinion, it's a good thing. But yeah, no, Christmas is always about food and, and New Year's Eve too. I mean, it's always all about, about food here. And no, it was a it was a rainy New Year's Eve, so it wasn't like a lot of people go out on New Year's Eve. They stay out all night, like even just in the streets. Uh, they organize a few concerts, a few events in the Lungomare, in Napoli, in the in the squares. And I mean, I I, I never go. I don't like to be in like too crowded places because in, in, on New Year's Eve because it's just just unbelievable. Uh, mm. Just uh, people everywhere. Uh, too many. If, it's all about alcohol. I don't drink, so what's the point? And yeah, no, it was uh, it was happy yeah. here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the fine. coverage? I thought the TV coverage in Italy was hilarious. So there was um, the, anyone that didn't see it. It's it's hosted by Amadeus, who hosts the San Remo Festival. And this, year, I don't know if it's always like it, but this year they've so nearly missed midnight. Because um, Anastasia, the the pop star, Annalisa, I think. Annalisa, sorry, that's fucking uh, plastic. Yeah. She sung what? Um, Ero bellissima. That that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But every was... five minutes, somebody tells me, you know, she's got a degree in physics. Anyway, she was singing it, and it was like ten seconds to go, right? And Amadeus had to like literally drag her back and be like, oh, we've got to do the countdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. Just honestly, I mean, good, good, good thing because the the song wasn't that good. But yeah, it was a normal, normal, normal Christmas with family, with relatives. In my house on New Year's Eve, there were about forty people actually this time. Whoa, which, whoa! Uh, yeah, are these yeah. all all Borellis or have you got? People? They are most of them are relatives, yes. But the thing is that every once in a while, like the the ones who come stay like over the years and then they end up inviting their own relatives so so that's why yeah we get yeah a lot a lot more people this year it was fine it's okay it was it was so great. what was the napoli chat so you got 40 people in your house yes okay at a time i mean it's such a weird year last year and that it was the best it was the best of times it was the worst of times blah 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 um what were the what was the hottest napoli take you heard over Christmas by the Borelli clan. 
Man, I think I think I have this <laughs> the hottest takes at the table. I don't know. Like we talked about but the thing is that I think I remember just like exchanging glares with my uncle, my very old uncle. I used to watch games with him like all the time, uh until about ten years ago when I was still in Napoli. And uh yeah, we just look at each other, like we don't say anything, we don't even say hi when he gets in. And we just look at each other and shrug and nod, like sadly with our heads, and like we already know what we're talking about. It's like, yeah. and he looks at me and said, "Like, yeah, what, what can you do? I mean, there's nothing we can do." I said, "Yeah, I know, I know." It's just, I, it was that the first time that you'd seen him this last year? Had you seen him within? This I haven't seen him in a few months. In a few months, oh. I think I haven't seen him since September. Just so, what, like, what what was his reaction to the scudetto then? Was it was was there happiness? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, he's a huge Napoli fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no. I mean, with the scudetto, he was obviously very happy. Right now, it's just I don't know, man. It's just you know how it is. It's just sad, you know. Like there's there isn't much to say. Uh, we had some conversations at the table with relatives, and uncles, cousins. It's just that you know, like it's always the usual stuff. Like some people blame the players, but it's easy, I think, in my opinion, right now. To know who to blame, and it's not the players, in my opinion. So it's, it's it was just like a normal conversation. A lot of people talking about you know defending with three players or four, but what's the point? You know, I think the probably the biggest argument we have is that some people do blame the players, and they say um, that they are not motivated enough and they don't run and stuff i i mean it's just the thing is it's always the same things you know when as soon as you don't win like some people by default they just say yeah but like the usual phrase which annoys me a lot is always this is yeah but it's not the coach's fault because it's not the coach on the pitch it's always the players so if you want to blame someone you blame the players because they are the ones actually playing but yeah, sure. I mean, it's like the blandest, most boring opinion you can have when it comes to football in general. I think, you know. I mean, even what what happened at the weekend that that red card. Yeah, yeah. So well. there's d- different ways of looking at that. One, one, you say, okay, he's a local lad. He's got his. He's wanted to play for this club for twenty eight years, and he finally gets on the pitch, and he's obviously completely over the top uh literally and metaphorically a good coach can see that coming right can can read the personality of that player and make sure that that player is in the right mental state to go out on the pitch now i know there'll be somebody throw throwing they'll be screaming at their devices i know maybe i just sound like a obviously there's some personal responsibility there but for me that was just a perfect metaphor for this which is the easiest thing to do is to blame the player there but i think the whole thing has been mismanaged um to the point where he went on the pitch in the wrong state and that was just an unbelievable thing to happen so yeah i mean i i do agree with you um, but ish, if you had to do a kind of survey of your your forty guests, and I do hope you spend the whole of Christmas talking about Napoli. Um, <laughs> see, when I do that in my household, everybody changes the subject or falls asleep. Um, so you know, I'm very <laughs> jealous. Um, 
I'm trying to get my dad to start following an Italian team. He was making noises about Roma, which was a shame. Uh, um, no one in my family does the same thing. Anyway, um, what would you say? So are most people saying it's ADL, some people saying it's good, uh, Spalletti, some people saying the players, or is it where, where was the sort of balance of using this, this sample size of, of 40 Borellis? I think I think mo- like almost everyone agrees that it's like mostly De Laurentiis' fault. Some people want to go deeper than that and say, yeah, but it's easy to say De Laurentiis, it's also, and then they pick another guilty party. Um, I think probably the discussion, I, yeah, I told the discussions I had with my uh, mom's cousin was about the players because he was blaming the players. Like, that's mostly it. I think the thing is, when Napoli is this bad, who wants to talk about Napoli the whole time? You know, it's yeah, kind yeah. of hard to want to do that. It's especially after last season. So, yeah, we had some conversation. We had a lot of conversations. I have very strong opinions about all this. Uh, but, How about yeah. Spalletti? Did Spalletti's name come up? We're going to get to you in a second. Not, not really. Not really. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's always the same things. I don't think people are really in a big mood to talk about to talk about like Napoli right now. It's it's weird. It is a little bit weird. It, mm. In some ways, it is unprecedented. In a, in my life, at least, it is a bit unprecedented because it's it's like you come from such a high high, and now we you are in the lowest low. Like I was talking to some friends. Realistically speaking. I think this is probably the worst case, right? Like you yeah, go I mean, back to June of, and it, you try yeah. to think about like what would what would the worst case be, like coming like going into the next season. I think this is it, no? Like realistically, because obviously people would say, "Oh yeah, we could go bankrupt. An asteroid could hit Napoli." And, yeah, sure. But realistically speaking, like I think this is the the worst case, absolutely, coming from last season. Yeah, and I don't think it's unreasonable for Napoli fans to be incredibly depressed by that. I mean, there's, I think, some people that are saying, "Well, you won the Scudetto, so you know, you know, we should, we should be pleased," or you know, you can't criticize ADL because he's brought the Scudetto, or you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think, well, no, actually, because um, it's it is unique because it, it's through context, isn't it? And I think, and I think this has started really from March, when it was clear that Napoli was going to win, this is when everything goes wrong. And this is where it, I'm with you on this. It, it all is ADL. Not all, but like, you know, the vast majority of this is ADL. It goes back to the, the three contracts, that, you know, Kvaratskhele, Osimhen, and Zielinski. You know, it goes back to his ego and the way he structured the club. So there was no succession planning. So why did we hire guys? So why didn't we have people? They thought it was going to be Luis Enrique. We thought it was going to be. There should be a list of candidates, and and you know what, Rudy Garcia shouldn't be on that list. And we can keep going. The Scudetto celebrations that we talked about, and I completely agree with you. Like it was a massive, massive fuck up actually on ADLs, like not giving that moment to the city, and it keeps going wrong and it keeps going wrong. That's my perspective as a plastic, and even actually the way he tried to take responsibility for it 
it was actually the wrong way to do that. So even because actually what that does is then make it really hard to sign players in the mercato because so suddenly every other team in the world knows that ADL has to sign a player, at least one or at least three, really. Um, so it's a, it's a comedy of errors, to quote a certain Elizabethan Jacobean English playwright. Um, mm-hmm. But that's me on the sofa. How about you? What do you think? And how much of this is, would you say, in how much do your fellow Tifosi in, in the Kurva be, you know, share your thoughts, would you say? No, the thing is, it's funny because, I mean, in the month of December, I think last podcast was in November, right? In the November 2012. Yeah. Nice. So in the month of December, I think we lost all games, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, we only won against Cagliari, I think. The, I mean, you know, like, the reaction is always the same. It's, it's getting worse slowly. Like, and when I say worse, I mean more negative um, in terms of, you know, criticizing the team, criticizing the players and the, and the club. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, when, when the game ends, like, like, people around me, they just leave immediately. We look at each other, we shrug, and we, we just, you know, we just shake our heads. And, and, I mean, I'm usually one of the last ones leaving Curva B. Because I like to take it all in, whether it Drink be, it in. yes, it, whether it's pain or you know joy, you know I have to take it all in. And uh, you know there was a a nice a, a nice quote, a nice scene by Massimo Troisi. Um, great actor. Yeah, great actor. From my like, sadly my building actually, not even my city, my sadly my building. And, One of the great uh, Italian comic actors. If anyone is listening to this and doesn't know who uh, Massimo Trezzi is, then go go seek him out. Yes. And uh, there was a scene where basically he's at home, like he's unwell, like he's very sad. And there's a friend who's trying to, I think, get him out. And, you know, he's trying to cheer him up. And he says, you know, like, you have to leave because I want to suffer. He says, I want to suffer, but I want to suffer properly. With you here, I don't suffer properly. You distract me. While, you know, I have to be left alone, I have to suffer like like in a satisfactory way. I have to take it all in. I have to suffer in a proper way, properly. Suffer, and uh, that's that's how it works. So when, when Napoli loses, uh, you know, like I, I, I stay in the stadium for a, a while longer. Uh, everyone leaves and, you know, we just say, okay, see you next time, see you next time. Very sadly, <laughs> there is no, I don't know, man. It's just okay, sad. Okay, and, and how does... So I want to compare this to like, I want to put this on a kind of scale. So like, so I want to ask you two things here. So firstly, the kind of happiness scales, obviously, we're going to compare that against against last season, what it's like after the game last season. So last season, what was it like after the game, March, April time? Where, you know, what, what would happen? Would everyone stay and sing or whatever? Like what, what sort of things would happen post-match then? You mean after we lose? No, just after any game, after March, any April, game. at home, l- last season. I mean, March, April, we were already celebrating, no? Yeah. So we lost a few games, even bad ones. Like, we lost against Milan, yeah, for example. Yeah, but, I mean... No, but season. I mean, like, so what? how did... What's the most joyous... The, how does the joy of Curva B manifest itself at, like, the highest happiness spectrum? So what sort of things were going on when we were triumphant? You know, it's kind of hard to 
to answer to that in, in, in a way. Because it's, it's not about what you do. It's more about like how you feel. And it's a strange, it's a strange thing because you know that everyone around you feels the same way. So it's kind of like it amplifies a lot, you know. It's like it's 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 a weird, yeah. It's it's just a, such a weird event, you know. Especially last season, mm. because everyone like I mean, first of all, people didn't want to leave, and especially towards the end of the season, it was so clear because even people without tickets went outside the stadium like three, four, five hours before games. And they started celebrating and chanting and stuff. And after the game, like they would stay outside the stadium for the whole game. And then after the game, you would go outside where people were still celebrating and chanting and stuff. And yeah, it was just it was just different. I mean, you you knew we were making history. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it felt unbelievable. You know, and there was that desire to be there. So I see yeah. what you're saying. So it's the last season people would stay as long as possible. Now people just, are, are getting the hell out of there as soon as they can. I just, you know, like you turn around, you see everyone smiling, everyone like hugging. Uh, everyone is aware that those moments will stay with you for the rest of your life. And it's not about the individual ch- Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we did a lot of chants and, you know, like all the usual ones. But that's not what you remember. In my opinion, I mean, at least for me, I don't remember because we always chant, even now, like even this season after the very few wins at home, we did the chants and stuff. And even after losses, actually, we did some chants. Not not in December, but before. But, you know, like the main difference is, I don't know, like the general feeling which is shared with the the rest of the stadium. And yeah, when when you win last season, you didn't want to leave and everyone was happy, everyone was smiling, hugging. This season is just, I don't know. Like, it depends on the game, I guess. Because some games, they are, I don't know. Some games are are ended, basically. They're finished before, like, before even halftime. You realize that this is going to be the same old, same old shit, you know. Like, and you lose hope and you just know that it's going to be another one... One of those days where, yeah, you have to endure the pain. I think the worst thing when you lose is indifference. So, mm. like, because you lose and you don't really know what to do, and you know, like, you're kind of conflicted. Again, the uniqueness of this situation is that you're coming from last season. So, the the highest of any joy any Napoli fan, at least in my generation, has ever experienced. So now it's a little bit weird because they are the same players you were celebrating just a few months ago and now they are disappointing you so bad. So I would say between September and November after losing games there were still there was still support um but people were mostly indifferent I would say. The curva was still supporting after but it, it just it was mostly indifference. Uh and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just mean that, you know, like people weren't ready to condemn the players and the club. Now it's just turning very slowly into anger, I would say. It's just like now when when the players come and, you know, props to them because they still, they, they do come towards Curva A and Curva B and even in Torino uh, last Sunday, they were, they went to the away section and they got their booze. Yep. 
I guess deserved in my opinion. It's 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 a little bit tricky, but you know, it's it's a I would say it's a soft protest right now from yeah. the from the stadium and from the ultras mostly. It's just that they the, what they shout at the players is we deserve more. We deserve better, basically, and that's what they say. And even in the stadium, it's the same. So it's not really like an offensive chant. Yeah, but you know, it's very clear. Uh, it's in my opinion, and it's not even directed towards the players. Though I mean, you know, yeah. we deserve more. You could say, well, actually, you can direct that at all different sorts of people involved in the. Yeah, club. but I mean, if we want to talk about it, we can. It's uh, very disappointing to me how. De La Red, I mean, we we touched on it a little bit last season, but yeah, I mean, if we, want, we can just recap very briefly what happened between the ultras and the club the past and- few months because it, it does help understanding why uh, they do what they do, no? So, um, and I would say until April, the, there was a, like an open war between the Laurentis and the ultras. So the Laurentis, you know the. Napoli's president was pushing the ultras away from the stadium, like very effectively, and it culminated in, uh, I, I think Napoli, what was it like? Not not Napoli Milan. Mil- I think Napoli Milan. When yeah, there yeah, were yeah. fights inside the stadium between ultras, there was total silence. No one chanted. It was very yeah. sad. It was in protest of De Laurentiis, obviously. Uh, yeah. After that, something moved. Something changed. De Laurentiis. All of a sudden, agreed to meet with the ultras. That hilarious they, photograph. That hilarious yeah, photograph. Amazing. That's uh, it. Might be in the top five moments in Napoli's history, in, at least the De Laurentiis era. Like I was in total shock because they went literally from open war with the ultras chanting "De Laurentiis, you son of a bitch" every game, and yeah. De Laurentiis kicking them out of the stadium effectively because he was actually succeeding. Um. They went from that to meeting privately and, I don't know, making peace. And that culminated with <laughs> the very funny banner from Curva B Ultras. Basically, I think it was Napoli Salernitana, probably. They had like a, a series of banners, like 20 of them even, something like that. I know very well because I in Curva B, I, I sit... Kind of. I mean, the first two rows. So when they hang the banners, they do them in front of me. And I had these ultras coming and going right in front of me the whole game. It was impossible to follow the game that that, that day. And yeah, there was. I mean, I w- I couldn't read the banners because they were in front of me. But yeah, the, after that, I knew like they told me that the banner said you know they were basically thanking the players. They were thanking the city and blah, 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 everyone. And then there was a specific banner, one of these 20 banners saying, and thank you, De La Rentes, or something like that. I thank you to the the craziest president in the world. And yeah. I think it doesn't translate very well in English because when I say crazy, I mean in a positive way. Like you would say, you would say this to like a, like a bratty kid like yeah, if you like, see like, like a, like a wacky year, so, like yeah, exactly. you're a wacky guy you're a bit quirky you're a bit yeah odd. maybe yeah, yeah. yeah maybe yeah maybe that's the correct translation but it, the word was pazzarello so pazzo is crazy pazzarello is kind of a you know an affectionate way to call someone crazy it's kind of like jokingly called someone pazzo and it sounds very childish 
you know, again, it's something you would say to like, like a, a six years old, nephew, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that banner was, in my opinion, hilarious because they went, again, they went in a span of one month, they went from De Laurentiis, you son of a bitch. And yeah. even that, that doesn't translate very no, well. No, I was in the curva with some stuff that was really hardcore about him yeah, and yeah, his yeah, yeah. Um, relationship to animals. Exactly. Um, but De Laurentiis, uh, in Italian, son of a bitch, like it sounds worse. Like I think in English it's almost, it's fine, almost. You can say that. Yeah. Oh, but but in, Italy, oh, in Italy, it's actually like it sounds worse. Like I wouldn't say it's bad, but it sounds way worse. Like uh, it's a naturally serious, like offensive remark you can tell someone. So they went from that to "Ah, oh, you crazy silly goose," you know. So that was so <laughs> funny to me. So what? So the reason How do you know I know the expression "silly goose," Michele. Like what, what? What English teacher gave you "silly goose"? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I you, just you know were taught that. English in the in the 1950s. It's perfect. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But that's how ridiculous that banner sounded. That's yeah. that's the thing. So okay. after that, they, I mean, obviously they had a deal with the Laurentis. I think the the deal obviously isn't public because they don't talk about this stuff. But the deal was mostly, in my opinion, was about I leave you alone. So the Laurentis to the ultras, I leave you alone, so you can come into the stadium you can do whatever you want in the stadium within the bounds of you know like legality you can sit wherever you want you know you can do whatever you want you can bring in banners and 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 flags and drums because that wasn't allowed when they were in open war but you have to be in my opinion that's what he asked them like you have to behave he said you have to behave you have to you know like no more no more uh stupid stuff and after that the Laurentis wasn't a son of a bitch anymore after that, they literally went from the Laurentiis' number one enemy to best friends. And they never, never mentioned him anymore, like, except in the banner. They never and mentioned him think, anymore. Do you think, I mean, I want to get to where we are now in a second, but do you think that took the pressure off him in the summer? Do you think that actually affected his decision-making process? No, no, I don't think so. No, he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. Uh I think the reason why he made peace is because he was pressured by a lot of people to make peace. So like he really didn't well. care. I mean, we had all yeah. that global attention on us and everyone's like, why is there no one in the stadium? And so it was because the owners are twat. Um, yeah, no, but it was like at one point the Napoli's mayor even commented on it. He was like, oh yeah, I hope they make peace. And the, the head of Napoli, Napolitan police even commented on it. So it was, you know, a lot of like, like I think at one point, even in the, in the, like the central government, they had some inquiry about yeah. some stuff happening. So it was it was big, you know, it was big news. And so people were interested. We got so many listens when that happened, giving your perspective on it. So no, yeah, because and- no one even no no one no no one understands. And even now, even now, you know, it's like in a way. I mean, it's my way to criticize the ultras. I mean, in a way, because it's they went. They are very hypocritical, in my opinion, when it comes to this, because De Laurentiis was criticized very heavily, and sometimes, you know, not for the right reasons. But anything he said or did, like he was like a son of a bitch. Like like you knew that they would chant against him in the stadium. Now, even after this summer, even after all that he did, like it's like nothing. Like it's now it's just the players and or the coach, you know, like really famously, so there's no there's no anti ADL chanting in no, the stadium. No, not even one. Because they know wow. that the moment they start protesting against the Laurentis again, they're out of the stadium. And, you know, this is coming from, you know, people who 
you know, were supposed to be very hardcore and they were pri- they were proud about the fact that they were in a way defending the city like yeah, the yeah. chance say they were defending like they had some protests against tickets being too expensive okay last season even a few seasons ago now yeah. tickets are three times as expensive as when they protested and not not a word you know not a word from them they just pay now they pay because they know that you know so it's yeah, like yeah. basically in i was comparing it to it'd be like a a, a union you know with collective bargaining um just deciding to no longer put any pressure on the employer. So that whole sense, that, so one of the things I actually really like about Napoli as a club was, is that sense that it's not just this blind faith that we talked about before, that there is a sense of critical thinking there um, to be like, well, you know, this is a two-way street. This is, you are representing us um, and we have certain standards for how that's going to happen. And so it's really interesting to hear that that's, at the moment at least, gone I wonder what has happened. There must be something going on behind the scenes to mean that that's happened. Because, you know, I mean, I remember when I was first there, it was Insigne's and Mertens' and Koulibaly's last game. And, you know, there were people like getting us to stop chanting, you know, and these were people, whatever you think about them, have served the club for a long time. Um, That was the level to which, you know, the levels of unhappiness was you know yeah and for now hmm, it's interesting isn't it i suppose this is more fuel for the people that think you know it's not actually we have to be thankful for adl because he delivered the third scudetto so what's what's your perspective michele about de Laurentiis? yeah oh i don't like it i mean I, you know i don't like him i never liked him but so specifically it's... to this moment because we could spend 10 hours hearing your thoughts about Aurelio de Laurentiis, and we'd probably have to run it past some some lawyers and bleep out certain words that probably have not been uttered in <laughs> yes, in, right. in the language for, for for a long time. Um but the specific thing in terms of we're we're ninth in the league, we have Walter Mazzari as coach and you what know, a joke. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can, I even, I can even hear you say that <laughs> we no. have Walter Mazzari as a coach. After winning like... a scudetto after winning <laughs> a fucking scudetto. It's I mean yeah. what I was a bit worried about this podcast. I was like, actually, what the fuck can we say? I mean, it's just, it's so stupid. I don't know how anyone can defend ADL because he's got everything wrong. And I suppose the only question is whether he's afforded himself the right to have a disastrous season. I don't think so. I think, so what I I tell people, especially the ones defending De Laurentiis, is that if you praise De Laurentiis, and I think rightly so, because we won the Scudetto, then you cannot avoid criticizing him right now when we are losing everything. Because, you know, for better or worse, he's the sole owner and the main decision maker in the team. Because that's that's by design. That's how he wants to do things. He doesn't delegate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when we win, you know, like good for him, that's mostly due to him and his choices. People will say, you know, like I'm against De Laurentiis, but I'm pro-reason, you could say. So when people say, you know, like, no, you know, because there are some people who hate De Laurentiis no matter what. And I argue with them last season. So when they said, oh, no, but we didn't win because of De Laurentiis, we won because of Spalletti. I said, okay, fine. But who chose Spalletti? Yeah, and who chose, you know, and who got uh, 
from Tolly there and who got those players there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything came off for ADL. Like, it was and, a Anos Maribalis, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, like there is a good case. I, I, I mean, it's an interesting discussion yeah. that you can have about last season about um, how planned the Scudetto was. I think mm. it wasn't planned at all. And how lucky it was. And I think very. Uh, but still, you know, like you have to give credit to De Laurentiis because whatever he did, it worked. And uh, even if he didn't plan for it, Spalletti as well. I mean, Spalletti. I think yeah, yeah, my problem 100%. with people saying it's lucky is that it, it it reduces the achievement of what Spalletti put together. I think that's true. But the thing, no, I'm talking about the De Laurentiis perspective because even when Spalletti came, a lot of people said like I don't like him. Like a lot of my friends said, no, I don't like Spalletti. Like that's I really true. don't want him in Napoli. I I, I like I always liked Spalletti. So I mean, it wasn't now. It's easy. Now it's easy to say, oh, yes, Paletti, great coach, obvious choice. But it wasn't true back then. It was a very controversial, controversial appointment when he came to Napoli. So, and people you know, weren't that happy at the end of his first season as well. Exactly, exactly. Me included. So, yeah, I mean, it was you know, good for De Laurentiis, you know, credit to him. But since, I would say, probably January 2013, like everything he could do wrong, he did. Like, all the choices he's made were the wrong choices. And again, I think it's just fair to, you know, criticize him when he deserves to be criticized and give him some credit where credit is due. So, in my opinion, what happened was that, first of all, the first, I think probably the first, uh, you know, just if we want to talk about the latest events, because in my opinion, there's something wrong about Napoli as a whole, you know, the structure of the team, the fact that, even now, you know, it's such a joke that we are in retiro, in a way. But we and have the ADLs on holiday in Spain. No, not even that. I mean, yeah, I mean, enjoy your holiday. But the thing is, my point is that the team cannot be in retiro properly because we don't have the facilities to allow for a retiro. Like uh, until uh, last year, we had a hotel right next to the training center, a holiday inn, and now it's gone. It's closed. I went there in la- like late May. And I mean, it's just empty. They told me they were like refurbishing. They were working on it. I didn't see any employees. They were, there was no one working on it. So uh, the, that hotel was used by the players and the team for Retiro. So you just put, you know, like the, the way Retiro works is that you never leave the training center. So you go, you train, and then you go back to the hotel. You sleep, you stay together in the, you know, in the common areas. And then you go back to training and this, this isn't this that. Now we don't have a training, uh, sorry, we don't have a hotel next to the training center. So they train in a soup. Again, the training center is bad. It's not even ours. It's just rented and it's very bad. So they train and then they get on a bus. They travel, I think, about 20 or 30 minutes to the hotel because the training center is in such a shitty area. That there are no proper hotels nearby. There is nothing. This is a perfect metaphor, Michaela, isn't it? It's an absolutely perfect metaphor for what is going on at the club and why actually this is a a structural issue. I don't want to sound like a cultural materialist here, but it is. It's a cultural, it's a specific, uh, structural, systemic issue with the club. The complete lack of hierarchy that's there. And the complete lack of infrastructure that exists there, which is a failure of ownership going back years and years and years. I know this is something that our mate Payman talks about a lot. Um, and I, I do agree with him. So even, sorry, I didn't know this. So when they say we're on... Well, Retiro, yeah. Yeah. 
Uritiro. My stammer came in. It's weird. I only stammer. I've had a stammer since I was a kid. I've learned how to get rid of it through speech therapy. But nice. when I learned Italian, my stammer comes back because I don't oh. have the 40 years of working out how to get around things with stammer. Anyway, I didn't know that we, 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 that's how I got into doing performance, but that's a different podcast. Um, All right. Everyone needs a good speech therapist when they're a kid. So and now you're but, a podcaster. Amazing. Hey, huh? Exactly. There we go. Um, well, not a good one, but you're still a podcaster. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, thanks. Um, but um, so we can't even do a retreat. We can't even no. do that. No, 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 no. Not at all. Like, they, again, they, they train in a very bad training center because it's bad. And then they get on, a, like, on the team bus and they go to Pozzuoli because the hotel is in Pozzuoli. I think I, I know the name of the hotel too. It's a nice hotel because again, I mean, you cannot put the you know put the players in in a in a bad hotel, but it's the closest hotel. I think it's it's not too far, but it's not close either. It's like twenty minutes away from the training center, twenty thirty minutes, something like that. It does defeat the point, though, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. For me, it's just it's it's a joke, you know. Like we have you have the scudetto on your chest, and but again, like so many things happen right now, like this season. That are a joke. So yeah, I mean, my point, like my my bigger point was that, yeah, we are we are a joke. But I was I was saying that we have deeper problems, and they show, for example, with this retiro, and we have like more immediate problems that come from decisions made within the past, I would say, twelve months. So in my opinion, the first wrong decision De Laurentiis made last like within this last year is not replacing Juntoli immediately yeah. so by his own admission he said Juntoli told me like early in early in 2023 he told me he would want he wanted to join Juventus and like the Laurenti said I asked him but why do you want to go to Juventus that's it I mean he made a joke maybe I don't know but the thing is like he even admitted Juntoli didn't work for the last six months of his contract like he didn't work he said like he used like a phrase by saying like yeah he was like on holiday basically for the past six months because he was focused on going to Juventus so not this... any other club Juve, Juve yeah Juventus. Juventus but even the, let's, let, let's ignore that okay the thing is people criticize De Laurentiis for appointing Garcia and that is fine that is correct that is fair I tend to justify him a little bit not a lot, but a little bit when it comes to the Garcia appointment because he had to make that choice alone. Yeah, he had to make the choice alone because he had no sporting director. But he but, put himself in that in that position. Exactly. My point is, but why didn't he, didn't he have a sporting director? Because he left, like he postponed. He just decided not to fire, I guess, Juntoli for the past six months. Like for me, it's unacceptable when you say, "Oh yeah, Juntoli didn't work for the past six months of his contract." And what were you doing? What While kind of he noticed that it wasn't that? working. Like this, this guy a... comes to you yeah. and says, I want to go to Juventus, and you don't tell him, like, go away. Like, what was he trying to do? Like, force him to stay? Like, a guy comes to you, say, I want to go to Juventus, say, no, like, you stay here. Like, just well, he wants the go. money, doesn't he? He wanted, did, I mean, Juve paid compensation, right? I don't think it did. I don't think they did. I don't was know, he only on a rolling contract? I mean, if he was on he a rolling was, contract, it was but... it's completely unforgivable. Because actually, what kind of professional culture is that 
And you know, I don't want Napoli to be a corporate club. I don't want I don't want Napoli to be like an English Premier League club. I don't want that. I don't want there to be an official tractor um partner like there is at Manchester United. You know, I don't want to be owned by a nation state that um imprisons and tortures journalists. And I also don't want it to be like any other club. But I mean, this is ridiculous. It's there's no structure. And the only structure there is are people who are bloody related to him which is insane yeah. yeah 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 i agree it's just like he made one bad choice after another like juntole comes to you just let me leave you let him leave like he is I, I think you know like this pride because when he talked about it in interviews he was like very annoyed and that's fine no you can't like, we are all annoyed about the fact that juntole wanted to leave us for juventus but like you kept a sporting director in your club who, by your own admission, didn't work for the past, for the last six months, and and you did nothing. Crazy. Like you literally, like we literally hired Meluso, like an unemployed sporting director coming from Spain. Like people say he was coming from Spezia, but that's not true. Like he was unemployed for like a whole year. Exactly. Like yes, his last Ex job was Spezia. at Spezia. Ex Spezia yeah. sporting director. I mean, come on, mate. Exactly. Um, so that was very embarrassing. And I do understand when people say Spalletti deserves some blame because it's true. I agree with that. Like, I think Spalletti really fucked us when it comes to all this because you see, don't I'm really... Because I don't think there was the working conditions. for. I, I think, again, ADL's created that because I think that actually Spalletti's probably... I mean, I think... I think it was incredible he stayed for a second season, to be honest. And I think he realised that there was an opportunity to do this one last, you know, his last big opportunity to win the Scudetto. And he had to just suck it up, which is probably why he actually stayed on the training ground for seven months. And I think that that's to do with, again, the structure and the working conditions. And this is not a club where people want to stay. Players stay for a long time. But it's not a club where anybody else wants to stay unless you're related to De Laurentiis. But yeah, I mean, I'm again being probably a bit of an airy-fairy liberal here, I think. No, that... no, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, that's one of the, the other things I've, I've thought about it a lot because, like, how come, like, by all accounts, working with De Laurentiis is impossible. It's very difficult. He's a very difficult person to work with. He's a very, like, it's an impossible boss to have. But then again, then people say, yeah, but players stay for a long time, which is true. My, like my theory is that if you don't work directly for De Laurentiis, then you can kind of, you know, like forget about it. Like players don't interact with De Laurentiis. Like Until the moment they have they... to negotiate a contract, and usually. But then again, a... you have an agent yeah, for that. But you have okay. an agent for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you didn't really interact. They like the the few times they do, they leave and then they score in our stadium and then they point at De Laurentiis when they do and say es tu culpa. So even then, you know, like they hate De Laurentiis. And even give a little, then, little little context there for some of our our listeners that might not entirely know what you're talking. About. Yeah, there was Higuain. Higuain, like Higuain, complained about some payment he didn't receive from De Laurentiis. Yeah. And when he when he came to Napoli with U.S. shirt and he scored against us, like he took his anger during the game at De Laurentiis. He pointed towards De Laurentiis with his finger and said, "Es tu culpa" in Spanish, which means "It's your fault." Like he yeah. said, like oh, there was like might be you know like one of the very iconic moments in Napoli's history, in Serie A history maybe you know like this guy, yeah like like I, I guess he was saying like all these booze uh, the reason why I left it's your fault it's your fault which is 
I mean, it was easy to hate Iguain back then, even now. I still hate but, him. Yeah, but I agree with you. Like when I say like, it is true that I don't think there are the working conditions in Napoli at the club to work in a, you know, in an efficient way, I would say. I have like, this is something I can deduce from like, just by being a fan and from reading interviews and stuff. I do have some rumors. Hey, like rumors, yes. everyone. Yes. I also like, I, you know, I, I heard a lot of rumors about De Laurentiis and about stuff. Lately, I've been hearing some rumors from people who know people in the club and they've been telling me like all sorts of things about De Laurentiis. Like, I've, I've like one of the things he, they told me is that De Laurentiis after winning the Scudetto went crazy and they told me that this guy, like, he, like he became even more egocentric you know even megalomaniac more... it went yeah, even me... more to... I mean, which would make sense for the way that he's run the club his great triumphant um what would be the word validation of his whole approach in some ways uh yeah i mean in yes. his uh, in his mind you know in his mind yeah never forget that when we won the scudetto the first thing the line he said was and now champions league that's what he uh, said <laughs> and six months later we are with mazzari <laughs> we are losing four nil against frosinone at home yeah, and then yeah. you know if you analyze the scudetto celebrations in, in amusing celebrations in inverted commas it was for the vips you know we talked about this you can go yeah. and find it if we were talking about this our sort of i mean it was a wonderful season i'm not complaining but you know it was i was in the stadium you were in the stadium um it wasn't for us it wasn't for the people in the stadium. It was for De Laurentiis, his family, and the people close to his team. You know, because... It was for the television. That's the yeah. thing. That's what he cared about. Like He spoke extensively about it. When they were organizing the celebration, he pushed for like a live broadcast on Rai, on the national television. Yeah. And it was, even after that, he was very proud of it. He was very proud of how it went. Uh, it wasn't oh, for the people was... in the stadium, not at all. Like I, As soon as the game ended and I saw that literal shit show I left like I didn't stay for the concerts and stuff and it was I mean I went to like one of the pubs near the stadium and it was very sad to see in television like singers you know singing having this concert with the players and stuff and the stadium getting empty and empty and empty yeah. by the end of the show it was totally empty like there was no one in there anymore which you know like it was it was sad to see but also good in a way because it validated my point that there was just bad a bad choice but yeah i mean I, th I think it it really tells the story and we're sort of seeing it now i think still in terms of like what's going on is there's this, there's this pride and there's this for want of a better word narcissism really going on here yeah which means that we're in this mess because actually this could have been sorted out in October, November, as De Laurentiis admits himself that he had a bad feeling about Garcia from the moment he arrived. Um, and now, I mean, we're still only five points off the top four, but it's still, it's not going to get turned around because they're sticking to Mazzari. Rumours are that Mazzari wanted to resign after the after the Torino match. And that was that was rejected. And ADL worked very hard to persuade him to stay. Don't know if that's true yeah. or not. Um, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't, but matter. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's going to be a mess, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah. so what... We're going to have to wrap this up relatively soon. What What do you... I'm going to treat you like an actor in a play that I'm rehearsing. So what does your character want right now? What is... <laughs> um, you know, in the short term, what do you want? What is there anything that can happen 
this month that can make a difference to to what's to what's happening it's so hard to answer that I, I, how do you fix this like i can tell you where i where i'm at right now because after the loss against roma in rome i checked out like for me the season is over there's nothing like that was for me in my opinion the last chance to get back on track Uh, not in terms of points or in terms of table, just in terms of hope, let's say, in terms of being able to embrace Mazzari's plan. Is there one? I don't know. But I didn't see anything in Rome. We lost there badly. And I think, I mean, after that, in my opinion, the season is over. I don't think there is anything. We didn't look like a team. We didn't look like an elite team in Rome. Like We looked like... uh, not even a newly promoted side. We look like one of those teams that got newly promoted about five, six years ago, yeah. but then the, then, then the kind of money runs out. So like if Sassuolo ran out of money and they were, you know, that's what we looked like. I thought, yeah. you know, I completely agree. Um, so that's very sad, but you know, like in my opinion, I mean, for me, I'm just waiting for the season to be over. It's very sad to say that, but it's true. I don't think there is anything else we can do right now. I don't, I don't, I mean, how do you get behind Mazzari? Let's talk about it. How do you get behind a manager who you know is going to leave in, in, in four months, basically? How do you get, like, is there a plan? Like, Mazzari was on his way to Egypt to, I guess, get a job there. Like, you told him, stop right there. Don't get on the plane. Come to be the, main, the, 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 the coach of the Campioni d'Italia. And... You know, like in terms of credibility for the players, how do you do that? Yes, they got rid of Garcia, but and we're never going to get a decent coach in now. I mean, we're stuck with it. They no one in their right mind would come. Yeah, you know, I'm available, but well, I'm not actually. I'm on the contract. I have a three month notice period, so actually, even I can't um, can't take over. Yeah, I was afraid to ask you that, but now that we know, it's truly over. You know, and I'd sign, I'd clone Salvatore Aronica. And I'd have 10 of him, including the goalkeeper. And uh, who would I have up front? Michu, maybe. Oh, mamma mia, Michu. <laughs> 10 Aronike and a Michu. Um, <laughs> Michu. <laughs> Why Michu, man? <laughs> just a terrible player. The, All right. Uh, what, uh, anyway, right. Well, I'm sorry, listeners, that we didn't magically fix the situation. But well, you know, maybe something will happen. And, you know, but we haven't had a show for a while. I thought it was worth us just saying our feelings, really, because I needed this therapy. Um, I don't know about you, Michaela. Well, you luckily have all your fellow fans in in Kurva B. Do you, from the annals of Neapolitan language and history, do you have an expression which perhaps summarizes the situation we find ourselves in? Yeah, I actually had a few. I wanted to have like a very against ADL phrase of the week but then i decided to go to go against that because i don't want to be too negative you know this is yeah. said already said you know very sad as it is i don't want to be you know like again it's such a bad season that it's hard to just criticize de Laurentiis. i do think he's the main culprit, culprit. Yeah, yeah. of this of this disaster like again it's just it's the, calling it disaster I think it's not enough. This is not even like a joke. This is way worse. Like it's hard to believe. I think probably it is as hard to believe right now, like how bad we are, 
as it was hard to believe last season how good we are we were. Well, it was no? a, it was the the Sonio last season, the dream, and this season yeah. it's the Incuba. Incubo, yes, Incubo, I agree. Yeah, it's Incubo, it's just a nightmare. Like, it's just like a total nightmare. Like you don't believe. Like it's just a joke. Like every week I say to people, like it cannot get any worse than this. Like this totally rock bottom. There is nothing we can do which can make it worse, and then we lose four zero against Frosinone in Coppa Italia, for example. Yeah. Or, or we lose three nil to Torino. Our new signing gets sent off after four minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm, it's so funny. Or we don't score. In four, like in four consecutive games, which is something that hasn't happened in the past 10 years, actually. Last it's time, so this is funny. Back. Yeah, it's so yeah. hard to think because we've always got goals. Even yeah, but we you know what's well. funny is that, like, I read this somewhere. Like, the last time we didn't score for four consecutive games in the league was in 2013. And do you know who was Napoli's coach in 2013? A certain Walter Mazzari. That's right. Yes, and it wasn't that was the that, end. Was yeah, that the end yeah, of his yeah. regime? It yeah. was. It was. It, we, we weren't bad. Like it was actually like we, it was always good. Like even in the end, like the Rantis wanted him to renew, and he said, "No, you know what? I'll go to Inter." A, a choice that he calls the worst choice he's ever made in his career. Actually. Maybe coming back is worse. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard, like for me, it's hard to criticize Mazzari right now. Like people say. No, I will never to... criticize him. I'll never because he was obviously the wrong appointment, and he was such a dude for us. And he, as we talked about on another show, yeah. like he gave us hope again. Yeah, it's just such an irrelevant like appointment. You know, it's just like he's so out of his depth right now. What can you tell him? Like even people saying, "Oh yeah, we should fire Mazzari." Yes, okay. And what do you put there? Like, who, who do you appoint? Eddie De Laurentiis. Edo De Laurentiis would be the dream choice for any role ever in any company, but he's not available. He's very busy with his vice president yeah. stuff. Oh, yes. vice president. Okay. Not yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right, okay. come on. An impulse question of the week, because otherwise, you know, we, we could spend four hours crying, but we, I we haven't got that time. Our listeners don't have that time. So how do you put this in a Neapolitan nutshell? Okay. The Neapolitan expression of the week is very eloquent, I would say, and is this. A meglio parola e che la canunzerisce. I repeat, a meglio parola e che la canunzerisce. In Italian it would be, la parola migliore è quella che non si dice, and in English it's just the best word, the best comment, is the one that isn't said. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly... It's, that's cold. That's cold. It's, it is cold, but it's true. I mean, it's just, it's so depressing. And it's such a complex situation where we're in because we come right after a big triumph. So you want to be depressed because it is a very depressing situation, but you're not totally depressed. Like it's, it's, it's kind of conflicting. It comes because... back to that Massimo Tracy. What, 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 what film's that from? For people who want to look it up. Oh, you know, I don't know the film. I don't remember the the, the title. We'll tweet it out at Shadow of Vesuvio. We yeah. will tweet it out and you can have a look at it. Um, we can tweet the, the clip, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, in some ways it makes it worse. I'd still rather have the Scudetto than not, though. You know what I mean? They'll never take that away from us. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's such a shame to have these kind of performances with a Scudetto on our shirt. 
It's like yeah, literally it, Napoli's season tickets campaign was let's defend it. You know, let's just like a def- yeah, like title defense. Like we did we even attempt to do it? I don't know. I don't think so. It's just like it's so bad. It's so bad. It's such a shame. Like the more you think about it, I think that probably explains why you don't really comment about it too much right now with people around you and stuff. Yeah. Uh, because the more you think about it, the more painful it is. It's so it's true. Like, and, yeah. There are so many levels of this suffering. Which is And I think which, maybe that's what we should think about actually with the, the shows over the next you know, a few months is that, you know, we had a, some really good responses to something about the stadium situation. Maybe we can actually zoom in on some of these big issues in the club and, and hear your perspective about, you know, how this works from the kind of Naples. I didn't know that about the training ground in the hotel, actually. I mean, that's a classic example. Um, what was that expression? Sorry, give us, give us it once more before we, before we tittle off. The expression is, a meglio parola, the best word, a meglio parola, a kill is that, a kill can unserish, that isn't said. A meglio parola, a kill can unserish. I think you summed it up perfectly. So, um, right, well, thank you for listening, dear listeners. Um, we've missed doing this show and, you know, we've got a, in our minds, we have a regular slot now where we can do this, but let's, I won't make any promises. Yes, um, I think we said that a, a few months so, ago too. So many times. Um, but, um, you can find us on at Shadow of Vesuvio. We're part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Hey, Rafa, how's it going, man? Thanks for your production. Rafa Rispo. Um, we can find you at Napoli Tickets, right, Michele? Yes, and Michele GNT, the oh, very silent <laughs> account that I have on Twitter. If you're going to create a new account, you know you have to use it. You know, otherwise people... Don't... I know, man, but it's, honestly, it's, like, it's, it's hard for me to elaborate on this like this what is this say? is it. Like this is the podcast. This is the the only way where I can in which I can just like talk about this stuff. For me, it's just like it's too much effort. Like I'm very bad at social media. Just ignore yeah, me. It's fine. It's fine. We're all good. So yeah, and thanks. And do get in touch, everyone. I know we've been away for a while. Thank you for everyone that's got in touch to see be to see if we're all okay and to see when the next episode is. We do really appreciate it. And um, you know, we'll be back and we'll cover some some big issues around the club. And again, it's always good to have your contributions. So they, or everyone that replied to that stadium thread uh, will absolutely get to all that stuff in the future. Um, but in the meantime, let's hope this situation <laughs> turns itself around. But in the meantime, we've, we've got each other and that's the great thing about being a Napoli fan. So, you know, take care of yourselves and Forza Napoli. Sempre. Especially now. <laughs> oh, adieu, adieu.